Welcome to She Lives and Loves, a podcast for women who are ready to fall head over heels in love with themselves and life. I'm Karen Monaco. I'm a conscious life creatrix and poet. And in today's episode, I'm interviewing my soul sister and fellow self-love voyager, Gina Massey. In her interview, Gina and I talk about energy healing, the power of choice, and she's also sharing just a little bit about her path. I hope you enjoy. All right. Hello and welcome to Gina. Gina is a longtime soul sister and fellow healer, and I am super excited to have her here as the first guest ever on the She Lives and Loves podcast. So, hey, Gina, how are you? Hi, Karen. I'm good. I'm so happy to be here with you today. This is exciting and so Uh, fun. uh Uh-huh. So because Gina's the first uh, interviewee, uh, just a little rundown on how it's going to work. If you are listening, I'm going to ask her a couple of of questions just so that we can have fun and connect. And then we're going to launch into the self-love journey. Um, What brought her to self-love? What guidance and gifts she has for you and suggestions? And then also stay tuned because you'll learn how to work with Gina. And she's, like I said, she's an amazing person and healer and woman. And I am just so honored to have her here. So here we go, launching into these powerful questions. So Gina, when you read horoscopes, which horoscopes do you read? That's a good question. Oh my gosh. Well, Karen, that depends on who I'm dating. Um, (laughs) I always read Capricorn, of course, because it's mine. I'm a double Capricorn and Leo rising. So Mm -hmm. I'll read Capricorn and Leo and um, I have a lot of Taurus people around me. And so I'll read Taurus sometimes. Um, and then whoever I'm dating, I'll read theirs, but not always. It's usually just mine. Yeah, I totally get that. I also fall into that. Well, let me see what this person in my life is going to be facing this week. So I know how to respond or deal with them. So very, very cool. So next up, this was a really cool question. So I do channel these questions to find out what we most need to know about the people that are sitting across from me. Um, If you could shape shift into any animal or elemental or being, what would you shape shift into? Okay, that, I love this so much. It's making like all the nerve fibers on my heart chakra go up. Mm -hmm. I would shape shift into like a dragon fairy sort of thing because I want to fly. I have to fly and I want the power and fire of a dragon and yet the playfulness of a fairy. Mm. I want everything seriously and yet playful. I love that. And it's such a balance that we need. Um, But that also kind of like brings up a follow-up question. So what would be your element of choice? You know, there's water, dragons, fire, earth, air. Same thing with the fairies. That's tough because I value all of those elements so much. It would probably be air though, because flying is a big deal. Even Mm -hmm. though water is how I heal and earth keeps me protected. I have to fly. Okay. So it's, sorry, I had to. I had to go through all of that. That's to to- okay. All elements are welcome, and all are important. So I totally get it. Okay. 
So next one, if you got to spend some time with someone in real life, who would it be? And anybody alive, um, someone who's crossed over, whoever. This is a weird answer. Oh, good. <laughs> All right. It's Benjamin Disraeli. Who's and that? he was a prime minister of England. Mm. A long time ago, he became good friends with the queen. He was, perhaps I was him in a past life or played parts of him in multiple lives. But he was very smart and politically inclined, but he came from a family that did not have status. Mm. And he was very much a dandy. And he, um, well, I'm not a dandy. He he like carried different walking sticks for morning and evening. And he was like notorious for his outrageous clothing, but he was super smart and he knew how to work a room. Mm. And he and the queen became good, good friends. And he had a lot of power and he ended up marrying a much older woman. I just, I'm just fascinated by him. Benjamin Disraeli. Well, that it's really interesting. Cause you said something about, um, you know, maybe being him in past in a past life or having interacted. And the next question that came in for you was what period in history do you really feel a pull to explore or read about? Or maybe do you feel like you were present in? So I just think it's interesting that you made that comment. And then this is the, this is one of the final questions. <laughs> that's, that's actually really interesting. I feel like Whenever I read a book about the Victorian times, especially how the poor people lived, you know, mm -hmm. like the filth in the streets and the hard labor hours, I can feel all of that. Mm. And so I, I can feel it. And that would have been the answer for a long time. As I have matured and gotten to know who this person in this lifetime is right here, this Gina Massey. I would really want to go back to um, very early native time, um, first tribes lives. I would like to feel the power of the drum and communicating mm. with the, the sun and the trees. So previously I probably would have said, you know, the early Victorian era, however, now, the mature Gina, today, in this body, knowing who I am, I would rather go back to um, the time of, like, first tribes. I would like to experience communicating with the earth and the seasons and feel the beat of the drum and using smoke. I would love to be immersed in that life. Mm. Do you... So do you feel like you've been in that life before? Absolutely. I think yeah. I am in that life now in another mm. life. I, <laughs> like another yeah. like parallel lifetime person. Um, I do still reference past and future lives, but because time is so not really a thing. Mm -hmm. and we can't <laughs> it all in our brains here, like in these bodies, we just can't begin to understand it all. I feel like I am living that somewhere. There's an aspect of me that's been trying to get my attention for quite some time to mm -hmm. wake up to that energy. Yeah. And it's so interesting because I, we do 
reference that typically as like past times, but I almost feel like at a certain point, we're going to end up back there. So who's to say that the part that you're tuning into isn't that quote unquote future aspect. So very cool. And so my last question before we launch into your self-love journey is right now in life, what season do you feel like you're in feeling? I know that I am definitely moving into kind of like this weird time of summer and winter almost happening simultaneously where some aspects of life are going to rest while others are like really coming into fruition. So where are you at? Sister, I am full blown (laughs) crone stage. Like, okay. I am there and I love it. I Mm -hmm. love the freedom that has come with being older and having already lived through and seen and experienced so much of my own heartache and struggle and how to work through it. And it's beautiful to not have the concern about how I'm going to be seen when I walk in a room anymore. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I'm saying? Like, oh, yeah. I don't I used to have so many, I was always so self-conscious about everything, my carriage, my, you know, blah. Mm-hmm. That's thing. And now that that has kind of relaxed itself, I just have so much more energy for my work, for, for the healing, for the discovery and appreciation of every moment in front of me. Yeah. Well, and it also sounds like, you know, you have been through so much on your journey, which I guess we're segueing into just so naturally, it feels like you've really entered this chapter where you know anything that comes up, anything that you have to confront or face, you know you're going to overcome it and you're going to move through it. It's all going to be okay. Yeah. So yeah, let's go into your self-love journey. Um, What is it that really catalyzed you in regards to self-love, knowing that it was time to love Gina, it was time to really step into appreciation of yourself? This is a beautiful question, and I like to make the distinction between the self-love journey and the spiritual journey, Mm So I've always been on a spiritual path. I did not understand the aspect of self-love and how important that was. Mm -hmm. You know, I used to be a social worker, like you, (laughs) right, And, and we used to talk a lot about love yourself, clients, you know, it was all just words coming out of my mouth, right? I didn't even know what it meant. It was, it was the pandemic. Mm. Um, okay. Maybe the pandemic catalyzed it. It actually started a few years before the pandemic when I was learning how to do um, access consciousness bars. One of the healing modalities that I do, I was taking the class and I got a message from spirit and it was the most clear message ever And it said, you don't have to accept all the sadness the world puts on you. I was Mm. like, what? Beautiful. I don't have to accept all the sadness the world puts on me. And I got real heavy in my heart with that. And I felt it for myself. And I had lost a bunch of friends and I had lost a lover. And I'm one of those people who is always trying to be good and do good but my shadow also creeps in like everybody else's and it was getting in the way, right? I was trying to live and be places that weren't really in resonance with me. And I was really, really alone and sad. 
that was, I don't know, maybe 2017, 2018. And I got that message and I was like, wow, why have I been letting that? I didn't even know I could make a choice, Karen. And that pushed me that that was it. Yeah. And I think that loneliness is how so many, so many of us, especially as women finally realize how much we've given to others, how we have shown up for others. Um, And even just yesterday I was writing and I, I remembered a point in time where I could tell you everything about some of the people in my life and nothing about myself, Yes, you know, so I definitely resonate with the, and I think so many of the listeners are going to resonate with this idea that of loneliness, catalyzing it, being that wake up call. Mm-hmm. But, um, and also like, I love that you said it was all just talk like telling people to love themselves. It was all just talk. I didn't even know what it meant. Like the words had no connection to feeling in my brain. Mm -hmm. I had to learn how to feel my own energy, my own personality. I was like you, people would say like my massage clients, they'd be like, well, how are you? And I would tell them about my partner and his daughter, Mm -hmm. what they were doing. I finally heard myself doing that. Like, no, Gina, who are you? Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. And I think that that's a part of the, I mean, and truth, I mean, I'm not sure if I have shared it on an episode thus far, but really a huge part of my own journey was this recognition that I did need to love myself. And every turn that I, every person I asked to, every corner I turned, when I asked, like, how do I love myself? I was met with like something very esoteric nothing actually helpful. <laughs> so. Right, right, right. Like I just said, my own energy sent signature. It's like, and people are probably like, what on earth is she talking about? But that's it. Until you know who you are and begin it, you've something's got to click for you. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and let's talk a little bit about this idea of choice because that's a, become a very big theme within the work that I'm creating is like, we do have so many choices that we don't recognize and that we, or that we, not even that we don't recognize, but that we don't claim responsibility for. So what did that choice look like for you in regards to not needing to accept the sadness of the world anymore? It was a big relief, number one because I didn't realize that I was being bombarded with the emotions and feelings and negativity from other people, events in the world, and my relationships. I thought I was solely responsible for this black hole I felt inside of me. I thought I was a failure. I can feel it in my throat right now, like the pain of that. Mm-hmm. I thought I just blew it everywhere. And so it was a big relief hearing some of this and and I also you know I took classes I read books I was Mm -hmm. constantly looking for a way to feel better there's a lot of light in books Mm -hmm. you know there's a lot of light in books and so I got to have some experiences that allowed me to begin to clear some of the noise and the judgments from outside I mean, I can tell you with energy healing, all the different things that I tried, eventually I found something that helped, right? 
and then you feel a little bit better mm -hmm. and you're like oh uh, and it changes everything a shift over here creates a shift mm -hmm. so a shift in my personal dynamics with men changed how I related to money management because mm -hmm. it's all just energy anyway right, right? Yeah. So the little pieces were enough to make me want more and more. And I mm -hmm. never stopped looking, you know, mm -hmm. once you get a little taste of feeling better, you want more. Yeah. It's like you get hooked. And that really is such an important point. Cause I think we always are looking for the big transformation or the big pivot point, but you just hit it in what you said. And I also have experienced that it's that little that little bit of relief. It's that little, oh, it doesn't have to be that way. That really is catalyzes so much. It doesn't have to be big or fancy. Um, so I really appreciate you bringing light to that as well. And you mentioned um, two things I want to touch on. So you said there's a lot of light in books. What books do you have? Because I know people who are catching, <laughs> people who are catching this podcast are readers. They love to devour books. So what, let's go with your top two, like which ones would you say, get your hands on these books. If you've read, read them, read them again. Okay. I would say Marianne Williamson's A Return to Love. Okay. Pivotal. Mm. And while of course she writes about her journey with the Course of Miracles and before Marianne Williamson was ever a political candidate, <laughs> she was a freaking rock star of spirituality like she helped me so much now a course in miracles is real deep and it'll take you a million places and i love it but it's really hard to get through all of that and it's not necessary anymore mm. it was written at a time when our we hadn't ascended as much as we have in consciousness but marianne williamson's writing made me want to love creation god she just mm -hmm. had to but with her so that was that and I'm trying to think there are so many books Karen um good lord oh Eric Pearl's book Reconnective Healing okay because he tells you how you can do it to yourself okay and that's one of my favorite modalities because it is energetic and you get relief immediately um there's always a little bit of ego when you're dealing with humans. Hi. <laughs> so you have to watch out for some of that. But I think his um, reconnective healing was big. I mean, I could give you a list of books, but those are the two that okay. I return to. I return awesome. to those when I need to spark my own flame. I love that. Yeah. So I have not read either of them. So they will be joining my book list. <laughs> um and then you talked about like you tried a lot of energy healing or you tried a lot of different modalities and then you found one that worked. Um, let's talk about what worked for you, what advice and guidance you have for people. So like what, um, do you, let's not talk about what didn't work for you. Let's just talk okay. about what worked, what right. worked for you. So the first real boom was access consciousness bars i don't do a lot with that organization but the bars helped me learn how to meditate i didn't know how to quiet my mind 
Okay. So that's important. Yes, because I was getting caught up with, and and people can resonate with this, I'm sure. How is my posture right? You know, are mm-hmm. my chakras lined up? What are they anyway? Am I breathing? You know, like I just felt like too many things. And the bars, somehow, something about that. People don't know what the bars are, but there's it's, a, it's this modality. You put your fingertips on certain places on the head and it helps you get quiet. And I learned how to meditate mm. and meditation was the thing, not the, the bar showed me how to get quiet, but then I brought meditation into my life as a daily hourly practice in many different ways. Mm-hmm. So that, um, I'm big on dream work and I haven't taken any classes or anything on that. So that's a separate thing for me. Um, reconnective healing after I found Dr. Eric Pearl and I'm addicted to tuning forks right now. Like this is my <laughs> love. And Eileen Day McCusick has great stuff. Lots of free stuff out there on the web from her. And so I've got my tuning forks and I'm playing with them all the time now. Nice. Yeah. So those are the things. I love it. And um, I mean, because you do have such a diverse or such diverse knowledge of so many different modalities if there was like, if you were to step out of the energy work for a second or not step out of it, but if you were to, uh, I don't know. Cause sometimes I think when we're going through really intense stuff, it's hard to really connect with energy when there's so much of it swirling around us. So like practical real life, oh, basic existence type stuff. Because the energy stuff I think is so important, but sometimes, and I know even on my own journey, I'm like, I cannot meditate. Well, and you just mentioned that was a huge part of it. What, like what 3D basic human (laughs) guidance would you give someone? Take off your shoes and feel the earth. Oh, I love that. Like literally give the earth just give it five minutes. If you can only do two minutes, give it two minutes to start. Feel the dirt under your feet. I just rest there. Mother Earth will cradle you in her arms if you give her a minute. Mm. And I love that because even if somebody who, you know, even if you're a listener that maybe isn't all into the woo-woo, like Gina and I are very into the woo-woo spirituality. It's like just the heartbeat of life for us. But if you're not there yet, I think you will be, but (laughs) if you're not there yet, that is so practical and it starts to really connect. It'll connect you. It'll connect all of us to what really matters. Yes. And water. Yeah. And we are all spiritual beings. People like to say, I'm not spiritual. (laughs) You know what you are, you don't know maybe, but you you're, it's trying to tell you you're right. here. Get in the water. If you're upset, you're depressed, you're sad, take a bath. If you can't get to a water source, put some Epsom salts in the tub. Mm-hmm. Put on some nice calming music. There's so much free music. Like on YouTube, you can listen to binaural beats. Mm-hmm. Binaural beats music for, um, so like, let's say you're not woo-woo like us and I don't disrespect that term I've come to embrace it Mm -hmm. 
you gotta you're a person of science well sound waves are science mm. ultrasound we use it all the time sound is healing so listen to music take a bath feet on the ground drink high vibrational water drink clean water mm-hmm. <laughs> i mean if and, and if all you can do because you might not have money like there have been times i couldn't buy the 9.5 right mm-hmm. and that single use plastic bottles i know i know no if you have to drink tap water bless it pray mm. over hold the intention that the water is nourishing you so water and earth and music oh i love that and music is such i mean it doesn't even have to be the binaural beats it doesn't have to be you know a spe- specific genre I think that when you connect to music that feels right for you, there is just a natural healing that takes place. So I love that as well. We need a She Lives and Loves playlist. Definitely a reading list and a playlist. Yes, I will need to uh, put that on my ever expanding to-do list. Um, Well, that's fantastic. Let me see what other questions I have. Were there any... Oh yeah. So really like, was there any support that you got? Because I think so often when we find ourselves on the self-love journey, we end up there with fellow voyagers as well. Mm-hmm. What? Along the way. I'm yeah. sorry, go ahead. No, um, that gave me a second to formulate the full question. So what is your best advice for, or tips or what, what was helpful? What did your friends do that was really helpful or your support system do that was supportive? Um, and then let's start there. <laughs> let's start with what support was offered to you that was helpful. I'm going to say that what's really important for us to remember is that the people in our lives, they actually love us very much and want to support us but they just don't always have the capacity. Their resources could be stressed. They just may not know how to give us what we need. Mm -hmm. But if we can just accept what they offer us in their way of love, whether that's the words of wisdom we wanted or not, just know that they love us and that energy they're sending is worth something. Mm -hmm. Like we've got to go a little bit easier on the people in our lives they might not see it the way we do right Mm -hmm. that being said when you take a step the universe will put another stone right in front of you to put it on you will find people that you resonate with like every class i took i met somebody but i had to go to the class right like i have to show up for the magic to come in Mm -hmm. So there was always a teacher. I had a teacher of the bars who like really loved my dedication to it. And so we used to trade because nobody was doing the bars. And at the time I couldn't afford sessions, right? I took the class. I didn't know how to energetically create money yet. I didn't know how to call it in. Fortunately, we just traded. And then I met, somehow I found Reconnective Healing and I found a practitioner in the area. Her name is Kimberly Gates. And I got a session from her. We kind of became friends after I took the class too. And she um, she told me 
this is right around pandemic time. She told me about Wild Hearted Collective. Mm-hmm. I joined that. So it's like every every step I took, there was something because the universe wants to support us. Yes. You know, there's a creative force that flows through life. It makes flowers bloom. I'm sorry, I'm full of it today, but it makes flowers bloom. It makes your lungs expand. It is you. Mm-hmm. Like we can have it all but we have to participate and we have to watch for the signs and accept the love that's given. I'm not saying accept abuse or settle. I'm saying love comes in different ways. Mm -hmm. Give everybody a break. It may be just like embrace what they offer. Mm -hmm. Well, and it's so, I mean, I just love the synchronicity of this because earlier today I did a live on Instagram and for the first time I like vocalized, oh, wow. What I really and truly want is to wake up one day next to my best friend, like the love of my life. And I got off of that live and I turned around and there was my dog, Sebastian. And there was this moment of recognition that I really had. Yes. You know, obviously and the universe knows that's not quite what I meant, but it was like this moment of profound gratitude that we have what we've, we already have it. It's being grateful for it so that Mm -hmm. that next layer Mm -hmm. or level can come in. But it was just such a moment of like, I just saw these beautiful brown eyes looking at me. Like I'm right here, like love of your life, best friend here. I am mommy. That's beautiful, right? Like, that's just so beautiful. I'm tearing up over that. That's the truth of it. Like I'm already living my dream life. I already am. Mm -hmm. Just you just keep going with it. Appreciate and pull in some more. Yeah. Because I think also when like self-love is so often first met in dark night of the soul or yes. falling, face planting, you know, being kicked into the void. Um it can be hard to find your footing. It can be hard to find your gratitude in those darker moments. But it even it, but those moments or those times or those chapters are often full of things to be grateful for. And I would add, this is another thing that's been a big deal to me. I can't believe I didn't think of saying this earlier. Um, I'm the only one who is guaranteed to want to try to give me a good day. Mm-hmm. It's not anybody else's responsibility, job. It, it's just not on their checklist but mm-hmm. I can give me a good day. Yes. I can go outside and touch the ground with my feet. I can pay attention to the beauty of the trees and the leaves. I can create a lovely meal for myself to eat. Mm-hmm. Like self-love journey is really self-love. Like what can I do? Yes. So, right? I can do so much to love myself. And the more you love yourself, the more other people are like, what are you doing? You know, and they become drawn to you. Yeah. That peace, not because you're pretty or well put together, but because you've got something which is yourself with the capital S. Mm-hmm. Well, and it really like creates this l- not line in the sand because I think they do cross over, but I think for so long we've been focused almost to our detriment on self-care as opposed to self-love right. um, and self-care has become 
just another thing for most of us to do. Whereas yeah. self-love is present in every single moment, you know? So it's just a really interesting um, t- concept that I've tuned into to make sure that we're talking about like self-love, which is ever present and not just, you know, going and getting a pedicure, taking the bath. Yeah. I need my massage. I need my whatever, whatever, whatever. Yeah, because those are really dealing with the symptoms of a lack of self-love as opposed to the the dis-ease of self-loathing or just not appreciating, mm-hmm. um, being neglectful of self. Yes. So yes. very interesting. All right, so let's wrap it up by talking about how because you do, you have many modalities in your, your toolkit. You are a very gifted healer. What, what do you offer that would be really supportive of anybody who's on a self-love journey? Thank you first for saying that mm-hmm. because I love it. My work is the love of my life. Like this is real. Um, what you were just saying about the difference between self-care and self-love. So we seek the self-care because we really need self-love, right? So we do the massages or the whatever acupuncture and the sound baths and everything because we're trying to get to a better feeling place. Mm-hmm. The message that I got years ago about I don't have to accept the sadness of the world kind of sent me on a little journey of removing the things, the blocks, the disturbances that were causing me to feel bad uncomfortable, unwanted, unchosen. Like there are all these un things that just create all of this like disarray in our nervous system and leave a hole in our heart. So all the modalities that I learned, their focus is to remove the blocks to your awareness of love's presence, which is probably a Course in Miracles quote that I have (laughs) stolen and I'm keeping forever. But everything that I do, helps remove and clear away negative experiences, traumatic experiences, vibrations, blocks that maybe you don't even know are Mm. impinging on you. So everything I do clears all of that away so that you are able to take a look at your own personal brilliant beauty. Like I help people literally uncover their own genius. Like- I love that. It's awesome. Mm -hmm. Well, and when all of the, for lack of, you know, just an umbrella term for it, but like once all of the bullshit is cleared, once we're left with that clean slate, we, you help people realize, oh, I'm not all of that. I'm not, I'm not defined or chained and shackled to what was like, this is a new day. Mm-hmm. And I can be free of that. And then they it's can take liberating. off. It's liberating. Yeah. yeah. And I, I say I help them because they have to show up to the work too. They, they have to be ready. They have to be willing. And there are things that we have to do to keep ourselves clear. You know, it's it's like every day you take a shower, right? Well, or however frequently you bathe. I do not know. <laughs> but um, but. It's the work that we keep doing. We keep uncovering and unpeeling that endless layer of onion, but I, I help them learn how to do it themselves. Mm. 
And oh my God, I love that. Um, I don't think I realized that part of your work before until you just said that, because I think that is something for all of us to be aware of is to really start building our own toolkits of, of magic and of gifts of being able to do things ourselves, being able to, and not that we have to be overly independent and we can't get help, but right. it's, it's just so empowering. It's so loving. And I just like, that just gives me chills. Um, and so I am going to put your, your booking link in the show notes for today's episode, but I would love to know, cause you did speak to, and I think this is so important for every healer, um, that they have to be ready and they have to show up to do the work. So let's, I mean, let's just chat about what does it look like to show up and do the work with you? Okay, good. Because that is like, do the work. Like, what does that even mean? Right. They just have to be willing to sit down and have an honest conversation with me about how they're feeling and what they want. Mm-hmm. Let's just talk openly. Sometimes people don't know what they want and that's mm-hmm. cool. Like I can work with that too. Um, we connect. I have two ways of going about it. So if people aren't comfortable, like connecting to spirit or they, they're not down with the whole creative force of the universe thing, I can be more like specifically down to earth, hands on. How does your body feel? Where do you feel it in your body? Right. We can do that. But we can also connect to spirit and get answers from creation. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of times I don't know why I feel bad. I just feel bad. And so the beauty of working with a healer, any healer, is there's somebody to be a sounding board. And I am that. I like to engage my clients in a back and forth. Mm-hmm. It's nice to like zone out and have somebody do a healing session over you. And that's basically what reconnective healing is. But I think it's really important to have an awareness of the process and to be an active participant in the process because that really seeds it in your body and moves it through your energy field. So they, they have to want to talk to me. They have to want to talk to me. That is really profound. <laughs> and I say that because, you know, we, like for me, when people book sessions, they're ready. Like they are, they're the talkers, but I'm a talker. So why wouldn't I be? But I think that's so important to remember that like the, the, that it's absolutely necessary and it's safe to really open up to the people that you're inviting in on your healing journey, the healers that you're going to work with to really let them in so they can fully support you. So that yeah. was really powerful. That was my big takeaway from what you just shared. So awesome. very, very, very grateful for that. Well, um, my final question is what's next for you in love and life? Mm-hmm. and we'll we'll bring it on home with this one so this is a fun one so I am in this phase of listening to my guidance in a very specific way this is this is kind of newer I mean I always listen I get dreams I get messages uh, I see signs and I follow my intuition in my heart typically but I'm listening Karen <laughs> I had a dream a couple weeks ago that um, Truman Capote gave me, I won this contest and there were two tickets, it was two tickets. And I'm like, I need to look at this. And they were actually little tokens with luggage on them. Mm-hmm. And it's like, it's it's time to pack the bags and go. Like, 
that was a gift from um, my, my astral. And why Truman Capote, I do not know. <laughs> but that's who, I'm not kidding, that's who it was. Um, I am, after this phone call, you and me chatting here, this Zoom session, I am going to book my ticket to my little dream city, the city that I keep dreaming about. Like, I'm just booking it. I'm not exactly ready in the physical to go. Like, I've got stuff I'm supposed to be doing instead. But all the signs have been pointing to this happening. So I'm like, all right, I'm just doing it. And I trust that because I'm making this step, the universe will provide the next you know, stone for me to step on. So I'm going to go to Mount Chasta, California and hang out with the volcano and feel some of the energies and see what's next. Beautiful. I love that adventure and you're glowing while you're talking about it. So that's really, really exciting as well. And I know that this is something that's been on your own heart for, or your heart for a while. So excited to see where that adventure takes you and where it leads. But all right. Well, thank you so much, Gina. I really appreciate you coming on and sharing your magic with me and all of the listeners. And yeah, I am sure in a couple of months, we'll need an update on where you're at. Awesome. Thank you, Karen. I love being here with you today. Yay. All right. So I hope you enjoyed this episode as much as we enjoyed recording it. That's all I have for you. Next week, I will be sharing how to prepare for winter. So until then, bye for now.